Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Yep, yep, ghetto boys is back and reloaded. All in your mind, yeah, now deep-throated. This is for the streets, the real, the railroaded. Disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated And they know it, we speak the truth so they quote it Cause we wrote it, the north, south, the east coast It's the GB knocking, we keeping your head bobbing It ain't no stopping, and once the beat drops in Violins, the system is so corrupt They throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us GB, don't get it twisted On code and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits it's Willie D, y'all, reloaded with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, Sam Williamson, the love guru. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's up, King? What's going on? Man, what exactly is a love guru? <laughs> so, you know, I get that question all the time. So people always ask me, how did I come up with that? So when I was in college, man, I was the guy that, if anybody had a question, if they were going through any problems, that girl left them, they caught that girl cheating, they would come to me and ask me, like, what do you think? They would ask my advice. Right. So they started calling me Love Guru. So after then, I just thought, I thought it was funny. So I just I just took the name. I just kept it. 
That's dope. So, so it, it happened when I was in college. That's dope. So you got you to do that. The girls called to oh, advice. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you got a lot of home girls. That's oh, yeah. these these are not girls you're in relationships with. They just right. these women and some of them you used to be right. in relationships with. Most of them used to be in relationships. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they call you to ask for advice. Yeah. What's the advice that they ask you most that you're most annoyed about? It's, my my thing is, the only thing I get annoyed about is women when they lie to themselves. Like women lie to themselves a lot, awesome. and that's probably that's probably the biggest issue when you talk about relationships. So I give you an example. I remember we will ask women. Like I had, I forgot someone had a show that I was on, and they were asking about like if you were a a high quality woman or whatever you want to call it, right? So everybody has their name now, you know, a woman of substance, high quality, you know. Uh, I always say check all the box, whether it's men or women. So we was asking this young lady, she was an attorney here in Houston, and they were asking her, could she marry or date a man that make like $40,000, right? So she said, immediately said yes, Right, so now I'm looking at her. She got, you know, Ferragamo this, Louis Vuitton that, you know, you know, probably had La Perla underwear on, you know, you know, and she said she can date a dude that's forty thousand, makes forty thousand dollars, but as long as he's ambitious. We like, well, how ambitious can he be <laughs> if he's making forty thousand dollars? So those type of lies that you're telling yourself, you say, hey, you know what? I can really deal with this. When you know you can't, and it's okay. It's okay if you're an attorney and you want day to do to make $40,000. Because you shouldn't. Because you two are not equally yoked. At least economically, you're not. Right? Well, we, we <clears throat> you know, just to present the other side of that, at some point, you was, you had to make five figures before you started making six figures. Right, that's true. So, and you was ambitious. Yeah. Yeah, but if you were making, she was 40-some years old, so it, it, I would imagine she would be dating a guy about her age. If you're 45 years old making $40,000, nothing wrong with that because you may be a school teacher or something like that, right? But you're, what you, what you, uh, you, you deem as important, you know, it's more about, like, the, the, the feeling you get out of teaching someone. Right. That's rewarding to you. Right. If you're an attorney and the lifestyle that she was living, you know, that's fine. But she's more looking on the economic side. And at some point in time, that's going to clash. So anytime a woman said, I want to do that's making this type of money and ambition. Now, if she was 20 years old, that would be different. If she was 25 years old, that would be different. My first job when I got cut from football I'm, and it was funny, my brother just asked me, he was like, what was your, what did you make on your first job? I made 26, with J&J, I made $26,000 in a company car. I was 23 years old, right? That's a long time, you know, and probably by the time I was, you know, 26, you know, I was well into high six figures. So, I mean, that, I, my, my girl at the time was a, was, had just came out of law school. She was an attorney. So that was cool with her because we was both in our 20s, early 20s, and we was on our way up. But she's 45, and they say you will date someone that's making that type of money at 40, 45 years old. That's you lying to yourself. Huh. You say you played football. What yeah. level did you get to? I went to, got, went to camp, 
with the Falcons, got cut, and that was it. What position? Free safety and strong safety. How did that affect you moving forward? So that's actually a good question because I was engaged at the time. So I was (laughs) – for when I first got cut, I was like – I was distraught because – not even not the money. It was just the whole lifestyle and stuff that came along with it. I didn't feel like I got a chance to live that lifestyle. So for probably the next five years, all of my boys was playing like, you know, Charles Woodson, you know, uh, uh, Ty Law, you know, Kiwi Baker, a couple of my boys was playing, uh, 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 Briggs, uh, all these guys was playing. So I was kind of living vicariously <laughs> through them. So my girl was at, she had just finished law school. She had moved to Houston and she was studying for the bar, right? So she would be calling me like, hey, I'm at the law library. I'll be home at 10. And she'd be like, where you at? I'll be on my way to Miami. You know, <laughs> like my partner Dale Carter would be like, hey, I got you some tickets at the airport. You know what I'm saying? Meet us in Miami. So I'll be in Miami and she was just like, I, I just took her through a lot because I was trying to, still navigate, you know, where I thought I should be and where I was. Was she a good woman? Oh, she was a great woman. And you blew it? Blew it. How long were y'all together? We was together uh, 16 years before we broke up. Tell the men out there, how do they, and how do you identify a good woman? Like, And what qualifies as a good woman? So that's a good question too, but that that differs from everybody. And if you don't lie to yourself, you'll find a good woman for you, right? So me and my boys, so we just had a, a, a two-hour conversation on Sunday about this because everyone's trying to marry me off, right? So I'm ready to get married. You going to get married? Are you married, Willie D? Um, I've been married. Are you going to get married? Again? I don't know. I'm, I'm open. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like the idea of, of marriage or at least what, it's, what it traditionally means and yeah. what it stands for and everything that comes with it. Yeah, you know, but, absolutely. That's how I, I feel. I'm, I'm, I'm open. So, I, so I've been telling them for the probably last three or four years, I'm in this space where I want to get married, right? But I have some strict criteria and I won't budge on it, right? So my chick has to be pretty i mean i i i I was i wished i was one of those guys that could get past looks and see the inner (laughs) self see all the inner beauty i need a little bit of that interview on the outside i need to wear on the outside so that's sometimes people deem as superficial but it's not because the looks is what get me right the personality is what keeps me right so for me a good woman would be a woman that's you know very nice looking right that's loyal, right? That has accomplished some things in life, right? That's nurturing, you know, it's family orientated, right? But you have to have a great personality. Like I play a lot, I, you know what I'm saying? Any woman that's ever dated me know, like the first, one thing they'll say is I keep them laughing. So you gotta be able to laugh at yourself. And if you're not a woman that can laugh at herself and you get a type of woman that can have fun, if you're serious a lot, then you're not going to like because it. it's not who I am. Are you a player? player? A player, not, player? Any, I, not anymore. But I would be lying if I said I didn't have my player days. And that's how you blew the lawyer. Oh, yeah. That's how you That's how we that blew up. a lot of women. Yeah. Any, any dude with any money, any dude that's 
you know, of that 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 got four or five dollars in his pocket, charismatic, nice looking. They didn't blew a lot of nice women over their time. So she was probably the biggest one in my life. But I mean, there's other women that I blew uh, because I had matured to the point where I understood. Now this this is the deal. Women always like, how do you know when you want to get married? And I always tell them, you know, a man wants to be married when he understands what place a woman plays in his life and what value she brings. Because in the beginning, I really didn't even know that. You know, I just knew I loved this girl and I felt like I should be marrying her because I loved her. But I didn't understand what part she was going to play. I was still trying to figure myself out. I remember my first house I purchased in Houston and I was so bent on buying it on my own because I didn't want to feel like a woman helped me do anything, right? And she used to be, she had start, just started making some money as an attorney, and she was like, I want to contribute. I was like, nah, I'm good, son, because I wanted to feel like I did it on my own. And it was, you know, my first, probably first 10 pieces of property I bought, all of that, I always wanted to feel like I did it on my own before I had someone else help. So for me to get married, that wasn't even a good time for me to get married because I didn't even realize what I needed from a woman to help me achieve my goals because I was so hell-bent on feeling like I did it on my own. So once you did it on your own, once you did it on your own and you got this house, now you're still with the lawyer, right? Yeah, still with the attorney. You're still with the attorney. Okay, yeah. so she she comes in and does she moves in? Did she move in with you? She moved in with me. And then, so when she graduated at law school, she immediately moved to Houston. I mean, that's the reason why I came to Houston. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because she wanted to do uh, oil and gas. Where she graduated from Thurgood? No, she Thurgood? went to, uh, no, she graduated from uh, Marquette Law. Okay. So she moves in. Everything's good for a minute. Mm -hmm. But you're still a player and you ain't got yeah. no intention on slowing down. No. At, at what point do you slow down? At what point do you catch your snap and say, man, you know what? I think I can do this law thing. Do you think you can be a lawyer? Yeah. Law, yeah. Lawyer man to yeah. a woman? You, so, so when you get to the point, so that's another question women always ask, will you get to the point when it's no fun anymore? So me dating multiple women at one time now, it would be, it would be almost a, a job. And I don't need any more jobs. I got a bunch of jobs right now. So that would be the last thing I want. I always make the joke that like now I'm at the point where, you know, when I was 25, 35, if you called me and was like, hey, it's 1.30. Some girl called me at 1.30 and be like, hey, uh, come over to my house. I will be up, dressed, over your crib. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I might have a surgery. At, I might have a, listen, I might have a surgery at like start at 6 30 or 7. I'll be counting. I'll be like, so if I get over our house at 1 30, 2 o'clock, uh, we do it till like 2 45. <laughs> I get some sleep. <laughs> All right, I can get three hours worth of sleep. I can do this. Damn. Now, now you call me at 1 30 in the morning talking about come over to your house. I'd be like, girl, I got my bonnet on. I'm asleep. You know so, so explain this surgery thing, man. Wait, hold on. Let me back, back up. Are you serious? You you had a bonnet on? I know. Yeah, I see you got the no, curl. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I got to ask, man. I'm joking you know, with, like, with the bonnet thing. I got to ask because yeah. I know they're going to be in the comments like, you know, you're talking about dude that wear bonnets. No, I'm joking. Okay. Okay, so 
And what was that? You know how women that? call you and ask you. They, you ask, hey, I'm going to come over. They be like, girl, boy, you should have uh, called me before I got in the bed and put my bonnet on. Yo, put, put, I wrapped my hair up. So that, that's what I got. I'm trying put. to remember. Where was I, man, I, before I went back to the bonnet? You said thing, the, the surgery. You said, what about Okay, yeah, the surgery. Yeah. So explain to the people what it is you do. Why would you be doing a surgery? Oh, so I. So what I do is I'm, I'm a, the, to, the easy term is I'm a device rep. Right, okay. but I own my own distributorship now. But I sell a product for abdominal wall reconstruction and breast reconstruction. And what I do is my job is to be in there and may assist the surgeon if he has any questions. So people are always like, well, why would a surgeon need you? Don't even know how to do the surgery. Is the one to always to come back. He does do know how to do the surgery, but it's your product specific that he needs to know about. So I give you an example. My guys that do screws, so I got a couple partners that are distributed, they own distributors, they sell uh, screws. One of my boy Curly Johnson. So he's in every surgery, right? Because sometimes a surgeon might drill too far in and you know your product, you got to make sure you can get him out of out of the trouble because he's going to turn to you. You know, if he's too far in with a screw, he's putting screws in your back, he's going to turn to you. And you got to know the anatomy. You got to be able to tell him what, which way to turn, what tool to use, and everything to get that out, right? So you assist him. He knows the basics. So it's like kind of a mechanic. If you got a mechanic that works on, has worked on cars and been trained up until 2002, 2022 maybe, right? And then they come out in 2023 or 24 with a whole new engine, right? There's some type of rep that goes and retrain those mechanics. Well, that's basically what reps do in the mm-hmm. OR. So they're in there to answer any question, make sure the doctor doesn't get in trouble. Because if surgeons, a lot of times if surgeons make a mistake, they're not going to take it on themselves and say, I made a mistake, I did something wrong. They're going to say your product was crappy. Right. Or they're going to just say that the person took a turn for the worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but we're just talking about implants. Yeah. 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 If they're doing a surgery, yeah, maybe. But if they're implanting something, then. There's a story circulating right now of this woman who introduced her boyfriend to her husband uh-huh. and other boyfriend. Yeah. Have you seen I've that seen story? That. I've seen it. There's a lot of that now going on. What what do they call that polygamy? Play polygamy, yeah, something like that. Yeah, man. What do you think about that? Is is that is that something that's doable in a loving relationship? And is it and is it sustainable for some people? For women, for women to do because typically men would the role would be a man would have multiple women. This woman, yeah, has three men, right? Banging her. It just depends on the dude running up in her. It depends, on, it depends on the dude. Destroying her. Yeah. <laughs> Merc- <laughs> it depends on the dude. Let me stop. Yeah, no, right. it's, it it depends on the dude, man. I couldn't. I couldn't be in that. Those yeah. dudes look like some yeah. simps, though, no. bro. When they when she when she introduced them, they embraced each other like they like a like he was a long lost friend or something. So this, like, so this, so this is the deal. With me, I don't want to talk about anybody, but listen, to me they are simps. Like, and you got to have a simp mentality for you to even be in that situation. I just don't see any, and I know this is overused. I don't see a lot of alpha men doing we hunters, that. man. Yeah, so we I don't hunters, know. Like, I don't know any like, alpha men, but there have been to the dawn of time where men. I mean, if you look at even the animal kingdom, it's always the alpha lion, right? And then 
is and he gets what he wants, right? And then there's a whole slew of guys that mess with the other liners, right? Mm-hmm. And they all take turns on that. But when the when the when the, when the main guy say when, the, when, when get out the way, yeah, when when the alpha pro, in the male enterprise say, "Y'all, this is mine. Don't nobody else touch them." So, I, you know, women would like us to believe that you can be like that and still be alpha. I just don't know. That just don't seem in a, a type of alpha mentality to me. So they do seem like simps to me. Can you know? a woman participate in that type of lifestyle and be respected? Not by other men. By the three guys that she with. But no other man would do that. Other women don't even do it. I always tell women, so you ask me stuff, and I say women lie to themselves. Other women wouldn't even like that. Like if 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 you if she told her friend that she was had three dudes banging her, She'd be in bed with you telling you how, man, you know, excuse my friend. Man, that bitch nasty as hell. <laughs> you know, all them niggas That's be fucking That's what they're saying her. in my comment section right. on Instagram. Right, they, right. They, they killing her. Right, they like, oh, that bitch, that bitch nasty as hell. So, I mean, if women don't like it, what do you think a man is going to do? Mm. If they don't say it's okay, right? Because women tell, all you got to do is hang around some women and hear them talk and they by themselves. They tell you how they really feel. Like, all this stuff that women say when they with you and try to get you to buy into, they don't think it their own selves. Because mm. just like you said, on your comments, I bet you there's as many women as men talking about her, dogging her about having three sexual partners at one time. Mm. This, is not how, this, is, this is not how it is. It's not how it's made. You know, women... It's just a difference when it when it's a man to a woman is a woman to a man. I know women want to make everything equal. Now you got all this Megan the Stallion and, and Cardi B thinking now, but it's just it's not. They don't even think like that. You know, Cardi B talk about uh, get this money and sucking a dick for free. I mean, sucking dick for money and sucking a dick for whatever she can get, and she'll fuck your friend and your cousin's friend. But she's sitting running up a dude behind a dude that cheat on her. So why would you sell yourself out like that? Hmm. So, I mean, I could. That's all I could tell you. What if she was pretty? I don't care if she was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty go a long way with me, but <laughs> I don't even care if she was pretty. <laughs> what, what, if, what if she was gorgeous, like drop dead, bad to the bone? I wouldn't like her. And you could just get I would rather she was Oprah. From her. Oprah probably could do it to me. Like me, you, and Face, we can hit Oprah. Because <laughs> it'll be all of That's the type of money that change your lifestyle forever. No, nah, <laughs> nah, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I, 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 I really do have to be. <clears throat> I have to be attracted to a woman to do that. And <clears throat> I have to have. Even I, if it was Oprah? Man, I have to be attracted to a woman. Four, mi- four billion Oprah? The money don't mean that. I'm sorry. Me. That. Money don't mean that to me till it gets to money, Oprah. No, nah, the money don't mean... The <laughs> money, money, money can't... See, your convictions cannot be compromised by money under no circumstances, whether money is a dollar or a billion dollars. You, if you have convictions, you stand... That's why you have convictions, because you stand on uh, something. Yeah. See, so, so... Everybody got their price, I believe. I don't think so. Cause I, yeah. I, cause I, I remember going into the entertainment industry, uh-huh. and well before going into the inter- entertainment industry, uh-huh. me and my brother, we sleep in the bed together up until we was in this. I was seventh grade, he was eighth grade, uh-huh. 
And we used to have a whole lot of talking and stuff, yeah. man. Just all these conversations. Right. And I remember us, I remember us one day talking about life and yeah. like what we would do for money. Right. And we be like, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't sleep with a man for money. I wouldn't kill my family for money. Yeah, I mean, you know, so yeah, like, that's so. If you don't know what you will do for money, you better yeah. know what you won't do for right. money. So right. I see that you do know right. what you will do for money. Yeah. You will Oprah. sleep with Oprah for yeah, money. Yeah, I'm sleeping with Oprah. I ain't going to lie to you. I wouldn't. Because I, I wouldn't because... <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't because I couldn't get hard. Uh, I, I couldn't do I it. probably would be in the same position, but I would find a way. I, could, I, I couldn't get excited. <laughs> I couldn't get aroused. I'll find a way with Oprah, dog. It, it would have, for me, for me, it has to be a chick that I'm. I'll be like, damn you, Oprah. I'm, <laughs> it, it, for me, it would have to be a chick that I'm, that I'm attracted to. And, you know, the trip part is this. Like, how, how do you, how do you reconcile making that statement about you would sleep with Oprah for uh -huh. money and, and then tell a woman, well, you get what you get if you sleep with a man for money. Well, See, I don't. If you're honest with it, so if you, if you, if you, so because it would be. I mean, I'm, I'm. There's a little, I'm. There's a little levity there. This is me being a little facetious, but I know, I know this. If Oprah came to me and was like, "Yo, I really want to dig you," because I'm like you with women. Like, I have to be sexually, especially now. Now, when I was 22 years old, if you was bad, it, you know, it didn't take a lot. But now I have to be really, really, really attracted to you to even want to be sexual with you at this point but oprah that type of money she was like you got you could you know you can you, see oprah, you can, I, don't, I don't i don't got, believe you got you can you can do whatever you want to do <laughs> with my money i gotta be like yeah but i, I have but to I, think I, about but, that but one I, brother but i ain't gonna I, even lie to you but the thing is sam is that i am <laughs> The, from what I gathered from check, watching Oprah through the years, Oprah uh -huh. is not for us. She's not for us. Oh, wait. She's yeah. not for. She's not for black men. She's not even for black the black family nucleus. You know, black really? men and women. You believe she, that? I, don't, I, I believe that. I, I just watched her. I just watch how she talk to women and tell women, well, you don't need a man. You know, you can do this and da 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 and all these type of things. Like we need each other. No matter how much, no matter how much friction we have, no matter how dirty one of us do, do well, the other, but, but whatever. That's what, but, but that's what I was. We're telling not going to survive without each other. Like we can win a lot of. We've we've survived a lot of wars. We, yeah. But one war we cannot win is a gender war. Oh, I agree we with that. We can't survive a gender war. I agree with that. I, I but, but see, it goes back to what I was telling about the little Cardi B and the little Megan Thee Stallion and how they rap and the stuff that they rap about. And they're not really about that. But, I mean, Oprah, I mean, she's had Stedman around forever. Around. So he, so he served some purpose. Stedman around. But he served some purpose. Around. Right. He had a cover. What, whatever it is, I mean, she need a man for something. So even even if it's for cover. To cover. She need, but she needed him for something. So, and and I think, I, I think. Why uh, would she need a man to cover for her? I mean, I've, I know where you're getting at. I've, I've heard people say that before. Well, say what, Sam? That, 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 I mean, I've heard women say, like, <laughs> she don't she don't really go that way, and he kind of her, uh, what do they call that? Uh, Wingman? No, uh, they call it something like when you got, like, you 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 go the other way. Like a but, lot of those pastors do? Yeah, I forgot whatever they, they call get, it. They get yeah. married, they get yeah. married yeah. and they be out there. Right, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, 
I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of women that do that nowadays because I think that they got past what their mothers was trying to make when, when, when they were when mothers when like when our mothers was trying to make our sisters independent, they didn't want to make them independent of men, right? That that's that wasn't the deal. I don't know when it went to be independent of men. The independence came from you being able to pull your own weight. That's that's what that's my father taught my sisters to be independent, but not independent of men, right? Independent he meant independent where you go, you grow, and then you bring then you you're equal to whoever you want to bring in, right? So, you know, if everybody come in as independent. You're independent, I'm independent, right? But we still need women, right? So we you still need a woman, right? So I I don't know when this thing where it was like I don't need men at all came about. I, I can't even. I haven't even researched it to tell you what year because I usually research that stuff where it turned from being independence and growth as opposed to independent, separate from 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 men. I, so I think that's. I think it. I think the message got hijacked at some point in time. I think the message was purposely planted. And everything's working out just fine, you know, and the way that the oligarchy wanted it to work out. You know, these the, the, the people that that try to destroy our community uh-huh. and put these programs and initiatives in place. Uh, I can see that. Every few years, they got a new program to, to further subjugate us. I, you know, I agree with that. I, I think because if you look at rich purpose. families, they push that to be married. Like they, they, they want you to meet. You know, you know the Bushes want to mingle with the Kennedys, and the Kennedys, you know, want to, you know, mingle with the Morgans, and you know, you see a lot of that inner uh, exchange between rich families. So yeah, yeah I could believe that. Okay, and as long as you keep them, the people below you separated, then you'll be able to control the narrative, control whatever else you need to control, control them, actually. Yeah. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. 
His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women. The way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me put you a scenario out there. I saw this on a video, another one of these viral videos. Should a, let's say a guy is a baby daddy. Uh, He has a child that he's bringing food to. uh, This child has (laughs) other siblings that are not his. I saw that. I saw that. (laughs) He's bringing his child some McDonald's. Right. Should he feel obligated to buy food for the other kids who are not his? See, that's the word, obligation. Like, he shouldn't feel obligated. I would to be a nice guy, right? And and the one you're talking about, he had done it before. 
it wasn't like he had. What if he, she has nine kids? Right. So he had done it before, right? He, it's not his children. He shouldn't have to do it every time, right? Because I saw it growing up. So my buddy across the street, my mother had three kids by my dad, and all her all, all her kids was by her dad, by my dad. So I grew up in that type of house. I didn't I didn't know anything other than until, like I was probably about nine years, eight or nine years old. And I started hanging with my my buddy across the street. His mother had, uh, I think it was like eight of them with four different baby daddies, right? So if I'm not correct, four four yeah four baby daddies. So. I saw like he would like there were some of her boyfriends that were coming buy food for everybody, and there were some of her 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 boyfriends that would bring and stuff or not just not food but anything like he brought toys or whatever. He tried to bring everybody a toy, and then there were some that would just drop off just for one kid, just his daughter or his son. So I kind of saw that. And I was always thought that was strange. In my opinion, you know, nine <laughs> children to buy food for is a lot. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what you got, but I don't. I think the word obligation is the deal. You know, he's never obligated to do that, but take care of his child. Um, you know, if you want to be a nice guy, you know, you know she got other kids in the household. You don't want them to feel bad. What yeah, if one of the that. kids tell you, "You ain't my daddy"? <laughs> 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 that he ain't get he ain't get shit there. <laughs> You know what? You I gonna get him one fry. Get that nigga one fry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I agree with you. I I actually agree with that. He shouldn't feel obligated. Uh huh. But it is something that I would do. It yeah. was so, it, yeah. I, I I wouldn't do that. I, right. I wouldn't even feel right. It right. just wouldn't. Even if I didn't know the kids. Right. If I didn't. If it was just some kid. If, if my kid was just around a group of kids. Right. I would feel awkward. Right. To just bring my kids some food, knowing these other kids are hungry. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. I, I would feel I would like so like my, my son have his friends around. I always pay for everybody's stuff. Like if I say, "Hey, grab your friends, go to the movie," I never be like, "Well, does little Jimmy have any money?" You know, I just it's me. I'm gonna do that, but I don't I don't have to feel obligated to do it. I do it because it's my son and that's his friends. But if his parents started to feel obligated, like you taking your son out, you should take my son, then that's where you have the, that's where you have the issues. As I said, if I'm not mistaken, in his case, he had done it before, right? It was just that particular time where he was just like, I, "My son is hungry," so I would have asked my son to come out the house. Maybe we would have drove around the corner if I didn't want to spend the money, and then let him eat. But yeah, I would. It, that would be a hard with nine kids. That would be hard every time. <laughs> I mean, just so carrying, just carrying a bag of food. <laughs> you gonna tell your kid, "All right, come on, get in the car." Yeah, come on, get in the car. Ride. Right, let's go. So your, so your, your, your kid gets a gets a stomach full. Right, he comes back. And you take him back home with McDonald's on his bread. Yeah, well, with for, a full stomach. For, first of all, his son was one of the last kids. I would never procreate with a woman that has seven. Nine, I said nine. Yeah, or eight of the baby Bingo. kids. Bingo, because yeah. so, I was going to come around yeah. to that. I was nah. going to come around to that. And 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 why do men do that? 
Because, I mean, you grow up in that environment. It becomes, as I told you, like growing up, it was strange to me. When my parents got a divorce, right? Only other man I've ever seen in my house is my dad. So when I would go across the street to my boy Will's crib, his mother would have like different boyfriends. They would spend the night. It would be the most foreign thing that I've ever seen in my life. So it's always depending on mentality and how you grow up. Always depends on how you look at things. Did right? you grow up with your dad in the house? So they got divorced when I was like six, but my dad was always around. So like, was he, your dad a player? Oh, absolutely. So that's where you get it from. Oh. Uh, I ain't gonna put it all on him. Player, player. Yeah, I, Come on, I ain't player. gonna put. Hey, listen, I ain't gonna put it all on him. But I mean, I grew up in that environment. My boy, my family is boy heavy, so we got probably more boys in the family, especially on the Williamson side than we have, you know, you know, girls, and the women catered to them. Like even my father, and so all my father and all his brothers died of cancer. Every one of them, mm. and and whether they had a wife or not. My grandmother had two sisters. I'm sorry, my grandmother had two girls and six boys. And them two girls took her, all those boys, until they died. Like, whether they had a wife or whatever. And my grandmother catered to her boys. She, it, My mother always said it was her. Let me uh, write this down. Williamson yeah. girls. I yeah. know Williamson yeah. girls. Catered them, catered them. And that's that's how I grew up in a family like that. And my, my, yeah. my father... They were very alpha males, every one of them. Every one of them owned their own businesses. Every one of them had a job, but they also had side hustles, owned their own business, hustled, all of that. So that's what I, that's the men I grew up under, right? So I don't know anything other than that. So for me to go in and see a woman with six kids, like that would be a total turnoff to me. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. What's your limit? Kids wise? Yeah. I would prefer a woman with no kids. And I know that's wrong because I got kids. But I would prefer with no kids. But if you do have a kid, a, a boy, that's the age of my son. And how old is your son? My son is 12. The, young, the youngest one is 12. So at least, you know, at least his age. What type of advice do you give your 12-year-old son about girls? Uh, it's crazy because he is girl crazy. So right now, I'm just telling him to seek out women that is going in that same direction or girls that's going in that same direction. So we talk about this all the time. I, I'm like, because he had a little girlfriend that she would like skip school, skip class, classes with him and stuff like that. I said, I'm telling you right now, man, that's not the girl you want to be with. I'm like, already. Like, I'm like, at 12 She's years. She's skipping class at 12 years old? At 12. Old. At 12. Man, you would be surprised at what these little kids are doing. So I'm like, man, you need to be with the girl. He got his, I think her name is Sophie. So it's one little girl named Sophie. Where is she, Sophie going? No, no, that she don't, she not skipping class. Okay, so it's, it's, it's the other girl skips class. Where I forgot is she her going? name. Oh man, they'll go up to the Starbucks and you know what I'm saying? They'll, or they'll just be in a class. They just ain't I mean school, they just ain't they'll find somewhere to hide in, in school. I did that in high school, not in Right. You know, junior high. I did it Typically, in high school. that's when you start yeah. doing stuff like that. <laughs> but they're doing it a lot earlier now. So, but there's this other little girl. He, I told him, she played sports. She played the piano. Right? She she on the honor roll. I'm like, dude, that's the chick that you should be liking. You know, I was like, this other one? Nah. 
I was like, don't even get yourself used to taking easy. I was like, go for the hard one. You know what I'm saying? Don't do easy. I said, like, I know as a male, sometimes, and that's what gets us in trouble. Sometimes we take easy instead of going for hard. And that's that's that that'll always get you in trouble. That got me in so trouble. So was he receptive? He I think he's getting it. I think he's getting it. You know, but I always tell him every morning we do this ritual where I say, look in the mirror what you see. And I, he got to tell me, you know. And at first it used to be rehearsed. He'd be like, I see a smart kid. I see <laughs> an intellectual kid, you know. I see a handsome kid. But now he's starting to speak it. Like, I'm like, because whoever you feel, whatever you see looking out that mirror is is the way you're going to drive yourself, mm. right? Even the mistakes I made, I always knew I was saying Williamson because my daddy beat it in his boy's head. He's like, you, you, you the son of Maurice Williamson. You know, you, this is how you roll, brother. He's like, this is how you do it. And so he, he always was like, what do you see when you look in the mirror, brother? You know, <laughs> that's how my father <laughs> talked. What do you see when you look in the mirror, brother? And I tell him, and he say, well, dude, that's how, you, that's how you should be living your life. So whatever you see in that mirror is what you're going to do. So that's my biggest advice for him. I want him to see what he feels that he's going to grow up to be. Do you have conversations with him about loyalty and sexual assault? Your loyalty yet. to his girl, to, to a girl? Not yet. Because that's a little bit too deep. I don't, I don't even, even though I know at that age, because I didn't call him in his pot just looking at stuff, I haven't gotten deep into the sex talk. Yeah, you should. Once he turned, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm getting there a little bit. You, you know should, what I'm saying? But probably next year when he's the eighth, I know he's going to high school. I'm probably gonna have a deep, deep talk with him. You should have the conversation before because he may catch you off guard. You uh -huh. may think, okay, now he's in the eighth grade, yeah. but he just beat you by a few weeks. Yeah, he just did something, you know, a few weeks ago. And you thinking that you're ahead of the, yeah. you're ahead of the eight You ball, might be right. That, 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 that might be something I need to consider, yeah. I started talking to my son yeah. very, very early. Yeah. Because if you think about it, we can have a a much better, we can have a much better, like, relationship overall. We can have a much more conducive relationship mm -hmm. amongst us if, we start talking to our boys and not waiting on the girls to be, you know, assaulted or, mm -hmm. you know, or abandoned or whatever. If we talk to our boys about accountability, mm -hmm. we talk to our boys about respectability, mm -hmm. and we let them know, like, I, I told my son early, look, like as many as you want, date as many as you want, mm -hmm. but when you pick one, you pick one. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever told me that. I yeah. had to learn Baptism yeah. through fire. Yeah, baptism that's true. by fire. I that's had to true. learn. And same thing with sexual assault. Yeah. No don't only mean no. It don't mm -hmm. just mean no. Mm -hmm. It also means that you you when you follow that 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 rule, mm -hmm. you don't put yourself in a situation where yeah. you lose your freedom. Where you can lose your respect, your reputation, right. uh, your honor. Yeah, you see. So, and I, so when we talk to, I, I haven't had that specific conversation with him, but I always talk to him about like. So when I talk about looking in that mirror, I always talk to him about how he sees himself, 
right? And that guides you, right? So as a kid, so since you, you talked about it, we, we, me and my boys always talk about what we got away with then and what you can give away with now. But that was one fundamental thing that I always had that separated me from a lot of my boys is I always thought, like, I always had, for the lack of a better word, I just had a big ego. So I never put myself in a situation where I even felt like I had to do anything that remotely came to sexual assault. For the simple fact, I always like, if a woman want me, you know, she gonna come to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had that same mentality, yeah. but yeah. a lot of these boys, they, they don't know, they're not being taught. Yeah. And, and and you have to be perf- purposeful about, yeah. you know, dealing with these kids yeah. and having these conversations because yeah, you can't just think, oh, he'll get it. He'll right. figure it out. Yeah. He already knows when you look in the mirror yeah. who you see, uh, respect, right. honor, right. courage, bravery, and, you know, all of these things. But sometimes... But all the times, really, you have to tell them what those things mean yeah. and that type of actions that are consistent with those titles, yeah. right? So if our boys, if we we teach our girls to be virtuous and, mm-hmm. you know, don't wear those type of clothes, right. don't wear provocative clothes, right. you know, be a lady, don't be sleeping around and da-da-da. Right. Well, we got to teach our boys the same thing. Don't I be sleeping around. Don't be sleeping around. You know, uh, be careful about the type of girl that you pick. Right. You know, because I preach that. The per Definitely the per the that. person that you pick that you choose to be in a relationship with, mm-hmm. and specifically the one you choose to procreate with, mm-hmm. will be one of the greatest responsibilities and decisions in your life. Yeah. Oh, that, that person absolutely. who you choose to procreate with. Absolutely, because I've made some mistakes. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to implement that because I never really, you know what I'm saying, when, when, you, when, you, when they start hitting about 12, 13 years old, you're saying what's too early and what's too late, you know, and, I, and, and now that you said it, I'm definitely going to implement that in my, my daily discussion with him. Yeah. I, I, I damn, they don't even believe that, it's, it's, you, that that discussion can happen too early. Just for simple fact that if you think about we teach our kids um, – we teach our kids about money early mm-hmm. on, yeah, real, real early, right. as early as three, four, five years old. Right. We teach them, we we giving them little small lessons right. about money. Right. Uh, we teach them, you know, about budgeting. Right. We teach them. We 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 sow into them right. uh, um, goals. If they have something that they want to invent, some type mm-hmm. of company they want right. to start, we get right behind them right. and we push them. Right. I know a little kid. That started investing in stocks when he was 11 years old. Yeah, he doing it. His parents, his mother specifically, yeah. saw it in him early on. He was he was asking questions about right. it. And mom's was like, okay, well, let me go buy a book. Mom went and bought a book, and she educated herself on stocks. Right. She didn't even know anything about stocks. Right. But, man, I got to give that woman some praise, man. Yeah. That woman, she saw it in him early on. Mm-hmm. This is what he want to do. Let me go educate myself so yeah. I can help him get that. Yeah. So shouts out to all the parents out yeah. there who sow into your kids, who really, who really see the potential in them and, and, and put them in, in spaces where they can actually blossom and realize yeah. their goals. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I, I agree with you because Coop has had some type of business since he was seven years old. Hmm. So I, I definitely agree with you on that. So, I mean, that, that's definitely—so so I learned something today. 
because I definitely was like, when do I talk, have this deep dive conversation with him? And like, he crazy enough, so I don't want to put too much in his head. But, you know, I agree with what you're saying. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. 
we're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What what are you, What is the answer for all this bickering going on between black men and black women you know how how do we how do we have like healthy conversations to where you see my viewpoint i see your viewpoint we come together because we both understand that we need each other it's kind of mm-hmm. like you know these companies exist because of there's a relationship and there's a certain level of respect that mm-hmm. they have for their employees, yeah, and the employees got to have a certain level of respect for the company mm-hmm. and and their supervisors and, and so mm-hmm. on and so on. So, the company's not going to just shut the doors. They right. they're going to find somebody that fits the model, their their work model, right? right? And they're going to continue to grow and and advance, right? Yeah. So, we don't really have a choice. But to figure it out, how do we figure it out? What's like one of the first Just steps? Have a, like having com- honest conversations. That's the biggest thing. I think that's the hardest thing for people to do and be honest with themselves. You know, last time we was on here, we was talking about, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Samuel. Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels, right? And it's funny, I always talk to women and they like, oh, you you think like Kevin Samuels. I was like, I actually think like, you know, little guru Sam Williamson, but I do understand some of the things that he did. But one of the biggest things that he was saying that he did it in a way that sensationalized his 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 uh, point of view so that he could get you know monetize it. But what he was saying was everybody needs to be honest with themselves, right? And if people are more honest with themselves, like there's there's there has became a time that everybody wants to be paid three times what they're worth, right? And people, women sometimes, and men have sometimes have a problem with really giving themselves a critical look at themselves critically and, and being honest with themselves about who they are, right? I think if people start to do that more, have honest conversations about who they are, I think this me against you thing will go away, right? Because people would be more willing to, you know, and I, I hate to say like like use the terms that he was using, but like. You know, if you're a seven, you should be with a seven. If you're honest with yourself, there's nothing wrong with that, right? The problem is how the world has, you know, evolved and our environment has evolved in us, you know, telling women they should be, you know, they all tens. It's funny, like you ask any woman, she a ten, right? And and you, you should think you're the greatest person in the world, but you should also be be honest, you know, so I give I put it in, in a sports analogy. I was talking to my son about this recently. I was like, in sports, I knew what I could do and what I couldn't do, right? So I became 
because I was never the greatest athlete growing up. My cousins was better. You know, I had to see some cats on the street that was better. You know, matter of fact, the whole t street was better than me as a kid <laughs> as a, in sports. But no one got a scholarship, right? I was the only one that got a scholarship, got my college. This is what my father paid, zero. But I got that because I knew what I was good at, right? I know I was a hitter, right? So I knew I was a hitter. I'd tell your head off. I did, so I did that to the fullest extent. I, w I wasn't the guy that was going to be a lockdown corner. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to be the guy that I was going to catch all the fingertip catches. So because I concentrated on what I knew, bruising people, trying to hurt the other per person, it took me a long way. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. You look at someone like, you know, Dennis Rodman and, and your boy with uh, Golden State right now. Draymond Green. Draymond Green. The reason why Draymond Green is great is not that he, he'll give you 10 points or 30 points. He knows exactly what he does well, right? And that's rebound, cause havoc, get in people's head. He, all he is is modern-day Rodman, right? And because Rodman knew what he was, he revolutionized that, specialized a rebounder. There was never a person that did that, right? So because if you know who you are, then that's what you go for. That's that's how that's the limits you set. You know, that's what you get for yourself. When you think that you should be here or you here, you know, or, or vice versa, that's when everything gets mixed up, right? And that's when people have problems, women have problems. Because I think women have more problems with it than men, because we taught who we are from day one. I was, I was I was I was about to say that because I know that a guy yeah. who doesn't make good money like told, really good money he's been told that he yeah. he's 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 yeah. going to be told that yeah. and he believes that and oh, so yeah. he don't he's not going to go try to go get a Halle Berry right he he knows that look that that's off my pay scale no but a woman could be like you know that that seven that six or whatever that or you five. that you talk about that five yeah. and she thinks she can go get. You know, I don't Not know. Not that she could go get that she deserves. So uh, if you think you deserve a 10, you know, even that you never get it, you still feel that you still shooting for that. Right. Right. I and you're still looking down on the guy. Exactly. That's actually where you are. Right. That's that how you miss out. And that's what he was saying. And that's what I always say. So if you be honest, like, that's the hardest thing. Hardest that girl asked me this recently. She said, what are you? Right. She said, what do you think you are? So I, I said, I'm a strong eight. She was like, you ain't a 10? I said, I lose these 15 pounds. I pushed myself up to, <laughs> I said, I pushed myself up to 8.5. I was like, you add another zero to my name, I'll be a nine, nine and a half. <sighs> but an 80% of anything is great. Like, hey, she was like, why would you not? I was like, because I'm honest with myself. I was like, I think I'm an extremely nice looking guy. I think I'm very intelligent. I got swag, right? I said, but to be at an eight, 8.5, I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty honest with myself. You go, I mean, all you got to do is go get some of that Oprah money, right? <laughs> go, go, holler at. That'll put man. me at a ten. Yeah, <laughs> right. But see, but that, but see, a, a man can be honest with that. With that, I, I make magnificent money. I've done very well for myself, right? But I know if you put me, you give me Jay Z money, you know what I'm saying? Because Jay Z is not the nicest looking guy. But I don't think no woman wouldn't say his total package. Eight or ten, what well, most women will. You know, most he probably get most women if he wanted to, right? And I said most. I didn't say all because there's always that one chick. I would admit, okay, I get you. <laughs> I'm saying he would get most. He would get most women. 
but men can be more critical of themselves. Because she just felt like I should have said I was a 10. I was like, but I'm not. You know what I'm saying? 8.5? Man, that's, I go anywhere in the country with that. You know what I'm saying? I can go anywhere in the country and dominate. You know, you start getting 10 and get nine tens. I mean, you know, it ain't too many of them in the world. You know, so, I mean, that's the deal. I don't think, I've never met a woman say, well, let me take that back. I've met a couple girls say, when well, you ask them, they gave them a, they gave you a legitimate somewhere in the area number. When you say, you know, I've, I've talked to a girl that was a six and was like, oh, I'm a 10. I was like, on what date? <laughs> Hmm. What morning? What what type of makeup did you have on? You can't be a six or your ten. There's no way. But and that's how she carried herself, like she was a ten. How do you feel about women that wear makeup? So that's crazy. So I used to date a makeup artist, right? And on the surface, I hated makeup. I once again, my mom didn't marry wear much makeup. The family I grew in, the women didn't wear much makeup. So I was, I'm not a great fan of makeup. Well, let me tell you that. I'm a fan of makeup where you put on makeup to enhance your beauty. And that's a whole difference than having a beat face. Trying yeah. to cover it up. Yeah, having a beat face is something totally different. You know, putting a, putting a little... You know what I'm saying? You you know, you line your nose a little bit. You you contour your face a little bit or whatever. You know, a little foundation, you know. Uh, but, you know, when you got the whole layers and layers, you, your nose is, you know, your nose this wide, but after you get through it, look like <laughs> it look like it's that big. That's just, just too much because it's just hiding who you are. But, I mean, I don't really like weave. So every girl I've ever had, they took out, I made them take the weave out while we were dating. Every chick I've ever had took the weave out, if she had weave. What would have happened if one of them decided, I'm not taking the weave out? I'm talking about one of them that you really, really liked, you was in love with. Which one did you, did you, fall, did you fall in love with her before she took it out, or you, well, you let her know so, this what so, the so, game is? So that's a good question, because the girl with the, that was a makeup artist used to wear, like, and what's crazy is she was more beautiful without the makeup. Like, when she do the fresh face, oh, I was, she was stunning. You know, it's very hard to tell. You convinced a woman that, though. She was stunning with this fresh face. But, like, she put up all the makeup on. Sometimes you, I was like, <laughs> like, we would go to my my corporate function. I was like, she was like, well, I wear this because... Uh, trying to sell it. Yeah, because she said, this and is my, my business. So I got that. So to, to answer your question, I, I fell in love with her. I wanted to marry this chick and I I accepted it. So I don't know. I just don't like weave. It just feel like it feel like Easter egg hurt on your chest or something. <laughs> Easter egg hair. What the hell yeah, is Easter egg, egg hair? Easter egg grass. You know, you know oh. that Easter egg grass? <laughs> oh, man. It feel like that Easter egg grass when you put it on your chest. So I, don't, I don't really like I don't really like weave. But as I said, I I I, I fell in love with this chick with it. So... I don't know. I just, no. I don't like the smell of it, none of it. What do you think about that millionaire soccer guy who smart. Who I played? He's smart. His wife, or He's his smart. former wife, Listen. his estranged wife, and put all of the assets it's, it's in his, his mama's, mama's name. name. I said that to all my boys is married. 
So <laughs> I think he a smart, a very smart guy. So I remember, I don't know if I told you, it was me and you was talking one time, and I was telling my uncle came to me. Now this guy has been working since he was 17 years old and and amassed a little small fortune, right? Well off, retired at 55, can do whatever he want to do. So he he got married when he was 60. And he came to me, he asked me, he said, should I uh, do a prenup? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was like, all the sweat and tears you did. I mean, because he, he wasn't a guy that got it because, made that money because he just had a gr- great, a super high-paying job. He sacrificed a lot, paid a lot, made good investments, didn't mess off his money. So when he hit 55, he was straight. You know what I'm saying? He he, he sacrificed a lot. He deprived his stuff of a, of a My uncle was so cheap. He was one of those uncles, like, he would know what the temperature was and because I grew up in the Midwest where temperature was. Um, and if you come in and it was hotter, he'll go look at the he'll look at the thermostat to see what the thermostat say. That's that's who he was. And he said he said, what was what would you go what, what should I do if she get angry if I say she got signed a prenup? And I said, I said, Unc, the prenup only matters if she don't love you anymore. That's what you tell him. I say the prenup only matters if you don't love me anymore. As long as you love me, we good. So I think he felt like that too. Like as long as we in love, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure she had access to all the money. Anywhere they went was paid for. She lived the lifestyle. He, he gave her the lifestyle. It did not matter until she wanted to take half this man's money. So I think it was smart. Yeah. And 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 friend of mine sent me some better. I don't know if you've seen this one. Uh, I forgot who's the billionaire, but he took his wife. They've been married 42 years. She's probably about 15, 20 years younger than him. And they was married like 25 years, something like that. It was married like 20, 25 years. And she she went to go did a divorce, and they had been divorced since the fifth year, did you see that? Yeah, and yeah, he had, yeah. He took it a dr. No, no, no. They had they had been they had been divorced uh, since like the sixth month. The sixth month, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He took it to the dr. Dr. Yeah, and, and divorced her. But and, they was they was together. For and they like was together twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. They were together twenty years, and then she filed for divorce. This was right. a younger woman, right? And she filed for divorce after twenty years. Yeah. And he said that he divorced her then because he knew that eventually she would leave him. Right. It's a cold game, man. Yeah. It's a cold game. This relationship. Thing. Do you ever get any pressure from from women uh, when you state your opinion because you're this guy who uh, is a basically relationship guru, you're a love guru? Yeah. Is that any time when you meet a woman and you're interested in her. You want her to be interested in you, but right. she's she's hesitant. She has some trepidation because of your re- your reputation. Uh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you anytime you a guy that that's been out here for a while, I mean, you are gonna deal with a little bit of that. But well, I'm a fr- talking. What I'm talking about mainly just just knowing that okay, the love you, guru, you're the love guru. I've only had that one one okay. time. Yeah, actually, just recently. Yeah, bad too, man. Bad, bad. And she just didn't trust you. She's just like she don't like dudes that be all on 
Instagram and doing talk radio and, you know, podcasts. And I was like, okay, I ain't mad at you. I have a big personality. I was like, baby, you know, if you don't like it, then you don't like it. I can't do nothing about it. Hmm. So I, I'm never upset if some woman doesn't like something about me. I, I'm like, I'm glad she got it out early on. There's a lot of advice that you, that obviously that you can offer for people that are in relationships or people that want to enter into relationships. Yeah. But one of the most significant pieces of advice that you can share right now. I'm telling you, it all boils down to people don't lie to themselves about anything. Anything. I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, and she was telling me that she, 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 her husband had died, right? And then she said that she wanted a relationship with this type of guy, right? But she don't like that type of guy. I was like, you like jazzy dudes. You like, you like dudes that's like when they walk in the room, everybody pay attention to them. And she was like, but I've had that, and I love my husband when he died, but, you know, we had issues, blah, blah, blah. I was like, but you're not going to be happy with that other dude. So you'll be lying to yourself, right? I'll be like, you, you, you'll be lying to yourself. You get that other guy, it'll be good for the first couple of two or three years, but then all of a sudden you'll be resorting back to the guy that you wanted. That's why so many women are unhappy that's married. Like, do you, do you know how many women cheat that's married? Like, it's ridiculous now. Because I believe, my, my hypothesis is most women marry for the wrong reasons. One of the things is, most of the women, dudes that they marry, me, me and my partners had an argument about this. I would say, and I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think that most people are married to the man or the, or the woman that's their first choice? No, absolutely not. Because yeah. well, I, I know as far as, like, with women, when it comes yeah. to women... Women marry men that they can live with. Yes. So, okay, I really want to be with him, but I ain't gonna be able to live with that. Right. Oh, with him, that, I can oh, live with him. Oh, oh, I want. I really want to be with him, but a lot of women pay attention to him. Or I want to really. Oh, be he's with just him. unavailable. Or, or I really want to be with him, but because of his money, then I would have to deal with this. But they really like that. I respect the girl. She, this other girl, I was talking to. She was just like. Oh, I already know whatever man I marry ain't gonna be totally right. She was like, because I like those type of dudes. So she was like, so if I marry, I go into it knowing that that's what it is. It, but is she also going into it with the idea that she's gonna cheat? That he's gonna cheat or she's gonna cheat? Is she gonna cheat? I think she's gonna be loyal. I think she would be. There's some women that accept it. I mean, you know, there's women out there, you know, I don't, I don't wanna put it on. Uh, athletes or entertainers or anything, but I mean the lifestyle. It you're privy to a lot, right? So if I'm if I married, you know Willie D back when Willie D was the hottest ever, you know what I'm saying? It, it, women was coming everywhere at you, right? So and even though you might have been the type of guy that'd be like, no, 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 that's very hard for most people. I wasn't. So we'll see. There you go. I wasn't. We'll see. There you go. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't easy, but um, I was easy on the ones who were easy on the eye and had yeah. and had good personalities. Right. The ones like like so that was women who were very very attractive, mm-hmm. very attractive, but they had stink attitudes. Yeah. And I've never been a type that could get excited by a, by a woman who wasn't 
principled. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. like women who wasn't like like who wasn't really about something. I never like women who look down on other people who thought right. that it's fine if you think that you're 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 better in the sense that I'm not a better human being, but I'm right. a better person because right. of the way I carry myself. Right. I have character. That's fine. But to look down on someone because of their lot in life and mm-hmm. or, you know what they have or what they don't have, mm-hmm. you know, I just like I'm better like that. Mm-hmm. I never like those type of women. Never. Never. But how about expectations though? In regards to what? So 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 does expectations sometimes get mixed up with uh like someone looking down on you? Expectations in regards to what? Though? Well, it's like lifestyles, you like so so I was I was telling a buddy of mine we was talking about this uh uh when I first well not when I first moved here but uh probably about 2005 or whatever uh my all my partners from St. Louis they moved here and I met this girl named Erica I forgot Erica's last name you know who Kevin Lyles is mm-hmm. so it's Kevin Lyles wife right so I met you talking about Kevin Lyles in Houston or Kevin Lyles, the, the record exec? The, the record exec. Okay, yeah. So I met his wife, like, in Miami. And you could clearly see that, like, it was just something different about her, right? You could clearly see that. So we was down in Miami together, and, uh, you know, I, I went up there, and MacDonald and was like, hey, come holler at me, you know. I, I, I did. So we was talking on the phone, but I could tell it was just something about her that was just different than, than, you know, every other woman. And she was just super classy, right? And you could just tell by the jewelry, everything about her was just, it was elegant, right? So I remember she came to visit. Let me tell you a story. I remember she came to visit. And uh, my my buddy used to throw parties at the Saks Fifth Avenue restaurant. It was 50-something, something before. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The restaurant that used to be upstairs before yeah. they redid Saks. Mm-hmm. And he would every for his birthday every year he would throw this like seven course meal, you know everything free liquor premium across the board he would just kill it. So I told her to come in town, but I knew she was coming in town for the questions that she was asking me to see how I was living. Right? She came in town. She walked in the door, and I remember my buddy turned to me and say, "Oh, you best well give me that." And he was a, he was a like a hustle dude, you know what I'm saying? He was a street dude. So he's he's like, you might as well give me that. And I said, why? I was like, man, I, was like, I made great money. He was, he was like, I'm looking at a dog, like you don't have that type of money, right? So this was probably, you know, I'm st- still on my way up. He was like, he's like, she got a Birkin, you see that bag she got? I was like, yeah, he was like, that's a Birkin bag. So that's one of the big ones. That's 15 G's at the time. It was, he was like, it was 10 to 15 G's. I said, it's a who bag? <laughs> like, that's a Birkin bag. And see, by that time, I didn't know what a lurking was, a Birkin, a slurking. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I ain't going to give her none of that. So he was like, oh, yes, yeah, a Birkin bag. He said, I bet you she wear a pearl of underwear. I was like, what the fuck is a pearl of underwear? He was like, oh, it's, you know, a bra costs you $150. Right? He was like, remember that box I had delivered to the house with all that lingerie for my wife? I was like, yeah. He was just like, oh. That, that box alone was like $15,000. I was like, are you serious? He was like, yes. He was like, I'm telling you, I'm looking at it. He was like, so, because my partner, he was the one that taught, I had a partner named Fat Cat. He was the one that taught me about all like jewelry, watches, all that. So I walked up to her. I was like, yo. I was like, 
Yeah, what's up? I was like talking to her. I was like, girl, you lucky you probably got on a little LaPerla. You see, it's like, you know about LaPerla? I was like, oh, you know, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that type of player, you know. But her expectations, so as we got to know each other, she was just like, I don't want to marry. She's like, I, I think I'm better than just marrying a dude that make $200,000 a year, right? She was just like, not that. Is anything now, against- uh, let me just straighten that something real quick. Yeah. You're talking to her before she married Kevin? Before she married Kevin. Just before she married Kevin. Mar- before she She's married Kevin. She's still married to Kevin right now? She's married to Kevin okay. to this day. Go. So at the time, she had, she was messing with Catino Mobley. She had just stopped dating Catino Mobley and was engaged to, what's his name, Sean Marion played basketball for Phoenix, right? So she was just like, I just, she was just like, this is the lifestyle I want. This is what my expectations for myself is. She was, uh, at the time, she was a, a, a v, not VP, but a manager for J&J Pharmaceuticals, right? Regional manager, a district manager. So she was just like, I worked hard to get here, and this is what I expect my life to be. Now, I said that to wrap it all in about the expectation. I never felt bad about that because I was just like, I feel you. I'm not there yet. So you got to get that dude that that's, that's, that's there, right? And I think she dated Puffy's lawyer, and then she married Kevin Lyles. And everything, all her expectations of what she thought for herself is what what she did. So some men would have probably got mad and been like, oh, well, you looking down on me, right? I never felt like that. I just felt like that wasn't, I wasn't her expectation at that moment or whatever she was. So that's why I was asking you, when you say you you don't like a woman that looks at somebody like they're better than them, but that maybe we can be misconstrued as someone that feels like they just have a different expectation. For no, no, life. no, 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 no. I'm talking about women who look down on people, period. I'm not even talking about men. I'm talking yeah. about women who would look down on another, even even looking down on another woman. They are human beings. But don't you think she felt like that when it came to anybody that wasn't what she felt like was on her level? Yeah. But what I'm, what I'm, say, what I'm saying is that there are people, human beings, who uh-huh. think their shit don't stink. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about money, clothes. Ooh, I'm talking about as a human being. I'm talking about it's some people. Yeah. It's some people who will look at, I don't know, look at a bus driver uh-huh. and say, oh, he's nothing. You know, you're nothing. You, I get you. It ain't about, it ain't yeah. about, it yeah. ain't about you wanting to date me or you trying to holler at me. It's okay. just like, oh, you're a bus driver. You're not, you're nobody. Okay. It's I get those types. That's okay. what I'm I talking what about. I get you saying. I get you That okay. type of personality. Okay. You know, like right. I'm, I'm not with that. Okay. I get, no, I get what you say. Yeah. I get that part. But sometimes, yeah. expect, I, I do feel like sometimes people feel like if their expectations is greater than yours, they feel like you think they're, they're better than you. Well, they might, right? But that just might be the no, no, expectation. No, no, no they, might, they might in their head. Right. Might be. Right. Because I would never concede that anybody is better than me. Right. I'm saying right. they might feel like that. Yeah. I just may, feel like yeah, they I may said, feel that way. I never felt bad because I felt like that's your expectations. Right. right. So I never felt like, oh, you know, because we used to argue about the whole money thing. Like we, when I would argue, but have discussions about the whole money thing. And she used to be like, Sam, I just expect to be here. Right. Mm-hmm. So I used to be like, I feel you. Right, I was like, and I, and if I meet somebody like that, I'll hook you up. <laughs> did, you, did you feel any pressure to to perform, to get it, to hurry up and get there? No, I never was that guy. 
Uh, no, I would just say you're not. You you're catch not, the next, catch yeah, the next bus. Yeah, I catch you. I catch you when I get there. And a lot of times, when you get there, you don't want to mess with them no more anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's been me since I was a kid. Are, are you are, are, are you mess with them just to go ahead and get it out of the way right. and then keep it moving? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Williamson, the love guru, as is about to exit the building. (laughs) What you got going on, man? And how can people get in touch with you? Well, you always you can hit me on Instagram at uh, loveguru81. So that's the the best way to get me. But uh, people been saying they love my my podcast when I'm on someone else's podcast and stuff. So uh, I'm about to start trying to put me a team together and kind of do something myself. Okay. You know, or you and I can just keep doing these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I can definitely have you back on, (laughs) man. You know, because you know, I always like to get your perspective on things, man. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate you. I always love the conversation, my man. No more talk. Yeah. This episode was produced by A King and brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.